welcome to Allegedly Astrology. Each week we break down the astrology that happened during some of the biggest scandals and events in history. And this week we've got an awesome grift-filled episode for you. We love a grift here on Allegedly Astrology. So Dana, what are we talking about this episode? Today we're talking about the now Netflix famous Tinder Swindler, aka Simon Laviv, aka Shimon Hyatt, with a very special guest, Maddie Murphy. Um, and this was a listener request from Venus 8. Yay! Welcome, Maddie! Yay! Okay, so Maddie, besides being an astrologer, she's a badass entrepreneur, mentor, host of an Apple podcast, Top 50, spirituality podcast, Cosmic Rx Radio, and owner of the Cosmic Rx. We're so pumped to have you. Thank you, Maddie, for being here. Yay! Thanks for having me on. I'm obsessed with you guys. <laughs> Thank you. Wow. Well, well, like, no, we love flattery, but we're obsessed with you and we want to know everything about you because we did a deep dive on Google and we couldn't find your big three and we're dying to know. You're unstoppable. You're the least mysterious person, but that makes me feel cool. <laughs> okay, so I'm Maddie. Thanks for having me on. I am a Virgo sun, Pisces moon, Cancer rising. Oh my God! Wow. What a combo. Unexpected. She is sensitive, but not. <laughs> I love it. Uh, obviously, anyone listening to this who's confused about who they are in life, um, may I uh-huh. recommend astrology? Because once I found my big three, I was like, that's why I'm <laughs> That does make sense because I feel like you are like so spiritual and like woo, but like not in a way that annoys me. You know, I think the Virgo like cuts through i like that you were born on a mutable full moon like me and also that you have a cancer rising so we're both ruled by the luminaries we're gonna have some great astrologer chemistry i heard your mutable full moon i'm like "Mm -hmm, (laughs) when you say stuff i sometimes like damn it out of that like that's like that energy i'm like it's like a mania that you have to pull from like the ether oh my god i love this so much that Virgo puts me luckily like just like I'll hear myself talking about something three years ago. I was like just getting into the spiritual realm going and I'm like and I'd say something out loud and my Virgo would be like, Nope, 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 nope. <laughs> Blow it in a little bit. Rain it in, rain it in. Like, a little bit of something like some, some evidence you to hold on to. And also I'm like the born and raised New Yorkers. <laughs> The Virgo and the New Yorker in me has kept me yes. bothered. And I really, especially over the past few years, I'm like, thank God for that part of me, that discerning, skeptical, kind of bitchy energy. That's like, <laughs> you sound ridiculous right now. <laughs> Maddie, how did you get into astrology? Have you always been into it? What did your path to astrology look like? Mm, obviously non-linear <laughs> as my whole life. <laughs> my aunt... <laughs> Sagittarius queen Scorpio mm. um she was like just the coolest and uh she had always studied like tarot and astrology and numerology but in a very just a very chic shit you know Venus Mars and Capricorn travel all over the world something about it was just very like mysterious and elegant to me the way she brought cool. us to the world but then um they had sneak in my parents were like uber Christian growing up <laughs> whole thing talk about on the podcast so I'd, like sneak on my like astrology books and like little like, spell candles I'd buy and little like new age shop in my town and then you know like anything I'm sure someone made fun of uh, somewhere along the way probably middle school high school I was like I need to like be norm core and like fit Aww. in there it goes like <laughs> <laughs> and then you know i had a mental a mini menti b a little like mental breakdown saturn return obviously oh yeah like to the day like not knowing it was my saturn return but looking back i'm like yes wow 
day um, and called off my wedding, up ended my whole life, quit my job, just, you know, pulled the whole plug. And then I was like, well, I got nothing left to lose. I'm rock bottom. Might as well return to some of that crazy, you know, woo-woo stuff I was into when I was born. And then I started, you know, meditating, learning about energy, all this stuff. And then um, my now, like, best friend, Mercury husband, Colin Bedell oh, for Cosmos. Like, love him. He's into astrology. Like, my, my friend, he's like, um, a gay guy into astrology. I go, listen, I live in Manhattan. I don't have time to meet every gay guy who's into <laughs> astrology. Like, <laughs> running a different business at a time. He's like, I'm busy. <laughs> I heard him on a podcast talking about Taylor Swift's chart. Mm-hmm. I was like obsessed with this guy. I do need to meet him actually. I take that back. We met and it was like love at first sight. We spent the whole night talking and his framework of astrology. I was like, help get me back in. I was like, oh, right. Like, I love how you're using this to show up really consciously. He was the first person who really had me look at, like mundane astrology, astrology of world events. And then we started tracking like the larger transits. And I was like, okay, watching what's happening with like Jupiter and Saturn. Up until that point, I was more looking at like me. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> me though. <laughs> and so he was such an expander and such a teacher for me. Um, so that's what I then just went like full on and just started studying under his teacher. Um, and he was the one who gave me the confidence to be like, you can call yourself an astrologer now. It's I okay. love that. It's like, I call myself like an artist. Like, like you're like, am I? He's like, yeah, you are. Yay. So, I, yeah. Great. He has such like a noble sort of approach to astrology. Capricorn Moon. <laughs> I love that. Yay. Well, yes, we are obviously very pro expanding people's astrological knowledge beyond just yourself and how it affects you, but you know, broadening our world horizons and how astrology can affect everything. But today we are gonna focus on one douchebag. And <laughs> His name is Simon Levive, real name Shimon Hayut, and he is a 31-year-old international grifter that used Tinder to con an estimated $10 million, likely more, across Norway, Finland, and Sweden before finally being arrested and sent to jail. He's had recent notoriety thanks to a Norwegian newspaper's expose and, of course, Netflix documentary everyone has to watch. But Sarah, give us a little bit of insight into what his life was like before he started living that fraudster life. Cool. So from the beginning, we're going to call him Shimon because that's his real name. But then as we go, it'll probably just switch to only calling him Simon. (laughs) Honestly, just because I'm lazy with pronunciation. Or the swindler. Yeah, or the swindler. (laughs) Honestly, I like the swindler better. It sounds like a I wanted to say, <laughs> yeah, it does. Book, but it's like, who is the detective? <laughs> Sherlock, Sherlock Holmes. Holmes. It sounds like a yeah. Sherlock Holmes. The swindler is yes. what I was trying to say. <laughs> the swindler. But um, Shimon grew up in a very orthodox Jewish neighborhood in a city just east of Tel Aviv, Israel. And when he was 15, he moved to New York and he moved in with some family friends and started just like pulling some bullshit. Um, when he was there, he started using credit cards that weren't his. He was stealing checks from the family. So he's really been into the con life for like quite some time. So Maddie and Dana, what are his big three? Okay, he was born on September 27th, 1990 in a city in Israel. And he has a Libra sun and a Capricorn moon. We do not know his rising. So Libra suns, it's interesting that Libra or Taurus men always show up in these like weird swindler or culty ones. Yeah. Rifters. Like, yes. yeah, I think it's like the, maybe like having the powers Crazy. of influence. Yeah, Maddie, that, we... Like, 
pulls people to you. We notice a lot of Venusian tourist things and male cult leaders. Yes. But also... Because they like... <laughs> Well, yeah. I mean, I think I feel like I've been probably pulled up by a few Venusian men, so maybe I just have a prejudice. But it seems like the evidence is here, and it's clear. Um, (laughs) But yeah, so also it's interesting that he's a Libra son because like Libra's all about balance, right? And he's able to balance all these relationships and also like take their money and like just charm them in a way that honestly I think like only a Libra really could. I mean, I'm guessing. But and then also he's a Capricorn moon. Which I would never associate swindling with a Capricorn moon, although I do associate the Monopoly guy with them. So that could have something to do with it but this is like serious and this is like this i feel like is like the international businessman he just is like always like oh i have somewhere to go on business so like oh can you say he's like i have business and it's like so obscure like what are you talking what kind of business you weirdo (laughs) but also he was born four days after like saturn station direct in capricorn and three days after neptune station direct and so saturn saturn's usually like the planet that pulls you in but with like the whole generation of millennials that at least we're all in also has Saturn and Neptune here. And Neptune is the planet that it's deception. So this is like his ability to deceive in terms of like international business. And he has Uranus there too. So he's like this whole Capricorn stellium. And I feel like this is like making him able to sort of, instead of like, cause he's applying a lot of effort towards what could probably be a regular business career. But I think that he enjoys the deception and has a lot to do with these like stationing static planets. Yeah. Absolutely. I was laughing at the right when we started this. I was like, I gotta look up, you know, first things first. Oh, she's a Libra son. <laughs> the charm, the bougie, the luxury, but they're like, I'm doing this in such like a diplomatic, graceful way. You don't even realize I am full disclosure married to a Libra man. Ooh. And <laughs> No, and then he met him. He's like, okay, he's won me over. He's the one Libra man who's won me over. I'm gonna put my husband on blast. I was like, the boy loves a bougie luxury, and the Libra is a little like the charming, but a little like mm, like now it's getting a little saccharine sweet. So the Libra made so much sense. The Cap Moon surrounded by all those other planets. I was, I mean, we can go deeper into this, but. The cat moon, I noticed, is like under besiegement, so in between all those like intense planets. And so it feels like almost like a being trapped there where he's like, I have to be successful and I have to be in business. But it's in between like this like chaotic <laughs> like Saturn and like obviously he has mommy issues because of whatever happened with his mom in that one scene. I was like, oh, okay, cat moon, like clearly, you know, there's something else going on here. And you're like choosing to prey on women, which like, the moon usually represents like the feminine but that combo of just even those two i was like yeah like there's almost like something outside of himself where he felt he had to like be so successful but i'd like your point dana like he also could have channeled all of that into just working hard but there's a little bit sometimes in libra energy that passive can almost be like and i don't and I, I love my libras in my life but sometimes energy a libra can be like so passive it's like kind of looking for that easy way out even though it ends up being like so much obviously more difficult than you have to like chaos a little bit to do what he did it seems like he could have been (laughs) an international businessman with all that effort how did he do it it's amazing well i don't condone it his son's where you're honest so much (laughs) chaos there and then the (laughs) why like i'm like Oh my god, yeah, the Mars oh, and yeah. Gemini to me. Whenever I see Mars and Gemini, I just think crackhead energy, and I'm just like, you're just going everywhere. You're doing everything. <laughs> and like, that's how we can keep track of, like, how do you keep all those, like, stories straight? And he's like, but the, the smooth talking and the words, 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 and he's, like, on, like, 15 different WhatsApps, and then he's like, yeah. 
on Mars and Gemini and like using that like power of his over like these women and I was like okay Mars and Gemini like yeah for like, sure also a real Mars and Gemini moment was when he kept calling who's I don't remember her name his girlfriend who ultimately like took him down okay like I'm so sorry and he's like I will get you I will get you and then like I'm so sorry <laughs> yeah. like let's get back together it was like back and forth I was like this is Mars and Gemini this is insane <laughs> And like never know yeah. when to shut up. Like, and, like Mars and Gemini people are never so witty. I have like my friends who are like stand-up comics or great storytellers. So obviously there's that, but the shadow energy of it, like even at the very end, I don't know if I'm going like ahead of myself, but like when like the actual documentary people, he like left a WhatsApp for them of like, you'll be hearing from my lawyers. Oh, yeah. like, yes. <laughs> oh my like, god. Like just stop talking. Also, the like, lawyers for sure are too. It's just obvious that you are such a crook. We're just getting too excited. We're, yeah, we have so much to say about this, if you can't tell. Yeah, I don't know what to say. So, back in Israel, he was all about that fraud and forgery life. He would cash stolen checks, he would steal checkbooks, that sort of thing. And eventually, he was charged in 2011 with theft, forgery, and fraud. He actually never showed up to court, though. And before he could even be sentenced, he just, like, got the fuck out of Israel with a fake passport and went straight to Europe. Yeah, so he goes to Finland for a while in 2015, then he goes back to Israel again and then realized he was finally going to get charged for all of his crooked schemes, but he didn't want that to happen. So what does he do? He assumes another fake identity, this time as Simon Levive, a.k.a. the son of a famous diamond mogul, which also risky, but (laughs) he goes back to Europe and he, you know, gets on Tinder and he meets Cecile. Is it oh. Cecile? Well, is of course, it not? Cece. Okay, so we're calling her Cece from now on. So Cece was Norwegian. She was a Norwegian grad student, and she was studying in London when she swiped right on Simon on Tinder. Um, they had their first date at a super fancy hotel. She said they really hit it off, and she quickly fell for him. And meeting Simon is definitely a turning point in her life, as we'll get to later. So what was going on during this time when she met him? Okay, so this was January 2018, and there was a lot of things that happened in January 2018. The first thing that I thought was interesting is that there was the Venus Kazemi in Capricorn at 18 degrees conjunct Pluto, which we also just had um, at the exact same degree this January, but it was retrograde. Um, so it's kind of an interesting that this came out at this time. But like a Venus Kazemi is just going to like bring people into sort of like a very clarifying actually usually but it could um not to get ahead of myself but she's an aquarius sun so that's maybe not someone who's always going to indulge in their feelings so maybe this was a time especially since like saturnian ruled uh saturn had just entered capricorn like within weeks so this was sort of like us easing into like the age of capricorn and this probably also would have made uh an international diamond businessman like very dazzling i guess maybe maybe that's always dazzling maybe i'm just too much of a cynic but yeah Oh, that's what was going on. Um, also, Uranus station direct in Aries on January 2nd. So um, that was sort of like, that's squaring all this Capricorn stuff. And anytime Uranus station is direct, I feel like everything's just sort of like the Joker or like, I yeah, I just feel like things are like a little, maybe I just feel, maybe I'm the Joker. But yeah, I just think that like energy sort of like um, a little wacky for a while. <laughs> There was a Leo lunar eclipse on January 31st, and he has his uh, Jupiter in Leo, so that could have made him also sort of like, that would have been a turning point for him. Let's see, Mercury entered Capricorn on January 11th, um, and so this was the first Mercury with Saturn in Capricorn, so this is also going to sort of like, this was a different part, like this is a new era, basically, for all these Capricorn placements, so... This could also make maybe communicating um, more serious, like really leaning into sort of like, okay, like this, it's of course I can trust you 
which is like Capricorn energy. Like it's trustworthy. It's moral. I think it's dressed well. Oh, also in the Kazemi chart, we have the moon opposite Uranus, the moon in Libra, which is just sort of like your emotions are fully changing. You think you're seeing things that are new for the first time. Like there's a different color in your eyes. You know, it's like, okay, this is, this could be done. This man's not a swindler. He's in, he's a mm. diamond heir. He's <laughs> <laughs> a diamond yeah. mogul's heir. He used those Libra art skills to do some sweet photoshopping <laughs> art caution also i like it i'm like i like it <laughs> yes yes to all that i was really thinking about the interesting returning back to the you know venus and capricorn that we had like closing up that whole big like star point cycle but yeah the venus kazemi conjunct pluto and i was like interesting the timing of this coming out again that night definitely felt like um a twist of fate if you will because of that happening i think like sun venus kazemi and capricorn also has this instant like we're taking things seriously or and like the money the commitment but again all of his Capricorn being lit up in his chart. And you know, we haven't talked about CC's yet, but hers too. The moon was in Libra, which I feel like just is a nice like inner feeling of like, we're connecting, we're vibing, like, um, let's get codependent <laughs> real quick. Like, I feel like especially someone who was, and uh, bless her, she's so smart. And this is what blew me away about the whole documentary. All these women, empathetic, emotionally intelligent, successful. And so, but I feel like that moon and Libra sometimes is a little bit of a drug of like, oh, this is my fairy tale beginning and this feels really good. Um, and then that mixed with like Mars, Jupiter and Scorpio, which I feel like can be like an intense like chemistry connection in the air, like, ooh, like amplifying that like sexual Mars and Scorpio and little like even the mysteries in her mind. She's like, yeah, we met this like hotel and I felt out of place, but it felt like oh, yeah. mysterious and like a romance, like paperback novel, like this guy just, and he came on so strong and you know, I'm here and what am I doing? And I'm like, yeah, there's definitely like a little bit of clouded there that Mars, Jupiter. And then I thought it was interesting. He's kind of in his like nodal opposition at this point in addition to other things. Like, so I always think about nodal opposition is like a turning point. I'm like, are you going to choose your old life, like past life, like South node shadowy bullshit, or are you going to go somewhere new and stretch into like understanding the development and tools and growth you need to go in your North node. And that South Node in Leo shows up so much through his whole process of this. Like, I'm just like, no, it's all about me. And like, I want to be seen and I want to have all the things. I want to be like a king of my own making and like not really worrying about anyone else ever, the consequences. So those were the things about that night that um, I thought like, yeah, that tail end of that Mercury and Sag sometimes can be a little, um, you're just not thinking straight. Again, Mm -hmm. like I think that you're falling through storytelling and like it feels good and you're a little bit like excited about this big vision. Like, ooh, he's international and he's mysterious and traveling. And meanwhile, there's like a part of your brain like, look at what's actually right in front of you. Like, (laughs) It's not cute. Um, my so, moon, I'm literally always wondering, like, if I just, am I able to say anything and make it sound true? Like, I've just, like, <laughs> let me just double check. Exactly. Like, there's so much spinning, so much spinning. And yeah, so definitely an interesting moment for them to be linked up. Yes, which makes a lot of sense because Cece and Simon's date didn't turn out to be your typical first date. I know we mentioned that it was at a very like swanky hotel. It ended with Simon asking her to join him on a private jet to go to Bulgaria that very night. And she was like, hmm, just met you online. Don't know about anything about you, but like, sounds great. Let's do it. 
So, you know, like Dana and Maddie said, there's a lot of like clouded energy, but like peak romance happening. So what is their bi wheel like? Well, also, I feel like nowadays, like if somebody was like, do you want to go on my plane to Bulgaria? I'd be like, are you trying to sex traffic me? Uh, 100%. (laughs) (laughs) They're like, I haven't put enough sex trafficking documentaries in 2018, I feel yet. They're European. I feel like they probably know. (laughs) But just to remember, a bi-wheel is when we take two charts, we overlap them. And then from that, we could see dynamics and kind of like the influence, how people like rubbed off on each other in the relationship we're talking about. Cece has an Aquarius sun and an Aries moon. So at this time, actually Uranus would have like been over her moon a few times. So that would kind of shake up any sort of emotional energy. I feel like at the end of like Uranus transiting your moon, you're going to feel fraught at the very least. (laughs) Probably with a brand new insights, maybe like your world is opened up. But yeah, she's she's at the end of her wits. Um, And then, yeah, the sun in Aquarius really, I think, is interesting because it's so Saturnian. But with his Capricorn moon and everything, I feel like he can really influence that. And with Saturn having just entered Capricorn, it's sort of like they're starting their Saturn return. Everything's sort of getting serious. Also, a Saturn Aquarius is someone who I think would be like, yeah, like I'm not going to get serious, but I'll do like the craziest thing. <laughs> Let's go. But what I think is most interesting, okay, so they both have like this nodal Venus sinistry. So I think it's always interesting when we do like a swindler or a grifter or someone who's like a sociopath. <laughs> and I, I want to like try and find like what, like maybe where were they actually human that they wouldn't admit to or that they wouldn't even really fully get to. And I wonder if this is it for him. So his North Node is like right on her Venus in Aquarius. And so that could like make her feel like, okay, this is the future. But also usually North Node is like the point that we're supposed to go to, but doesn't really feel comfortable. And so she could like, it did seem like she was like, why am I doing this? Which I guess, honestly, most women should probably maybe feel, in my opinion. (laughs) Don't get on a plane. (laughs) And then her south node is in Virgo where his Venus is. And so the south node is like going to feel comfortable. So I don't know, maybe maybe she gave him, like maybe he wasn't always that confident. It kind of seems like he was because he had already swindled millions of dollars. (laughs) But um, yeah, the south is also going to make, maybe like he like felt actually comfortable around her. I don't know if we'll ever get the truth. Yeah, that's South Node and Virgo. I didn't think about that, but maybe that was also why she felt so comfortable and like she had almost like take care of him and that like vulnerability that he like would show. Like I feel like that was a common theme. Like even though he was this big you know, diamond billionaire, she like loved that like he would be like vulnerable with her. And like, you know, we're gonna talk about that, I know, but like just like again, maybe it's in that way it felt really comfortable to her. Like, oh yeah, we have this like connection and I get to be the one who like cares for you even though you're this big bad guy on the world yeah the other thing about their chart when you were just talking the, i'm just gonna say this whole episode keep your eyes on uranus what you just said about like the end of uranus on the moon i'm like absolutely <laughs> I'm not even like listen i am not like so certain planets i always like track and points i'm always looking at and i'll admit it's not always uranus but in his chart with the moon conjunct uranus sun square uranus and then i found out that uranus rules criminals which i never knew and then with his like conjunct Neptune, which is like deception. And I was like, okay. So now all of a sudden I'm seeing everything like Uranus had a big part in this. And with like her son in Aquarius, you know, traditional ruler Saturn, modern ruler Uranus. It's almost like, yeah, I need to have my life like this. And I think she was like a software engineer. So Aquarian, like I'm brilliant. But then there's that one full Uranus part. It's like, let's just pull the plug on our lives. (laughs) (laughs) Like not be like everyone else. (laughs) And I feel like up to that point, she had lived such like a neat, beautiful, like, okay, I did my good career. I had like 
you know, I heard an interview with her. She's like, the only debt I had before that was like my very normal, like Scandinavian, like student loan that was very manageable. So everything felt very like measured. And then almost like the Uranus part of Aquarius kicked in of like, let's just go crazy here. (laughs) (laughs) Bulgaria. Um, (laughs) Full sicko mode. (laughs) So uh, this kicks off a real whirlwind, long distance romance between her and Simon. You know, he's messaging her every day. He's sending her tons of notes on WhatsApp, videos of himself, like messages. He would like go back to London to visit her. And they're like, they're making all these plans. Like he wants to move in together. And, you know, he sends her money to come visit him in different cities. But, you know, he's like flashing all his money around. It's a whole big thing. She's like super into it. And it's just like very all over the top and kind of like, I feel like drowning in it. You know, he's like drowning her in like love and attention. And she was down for it all. What he was doing to Cecile is a term that's, you know, pretty well known as love bombing. And it's when one partner, it's typically a man, um, but it doesn't always have to be. They constantly shower their partner with affection, gifts, attention, compliments, constant communication. And the goal is they want to have that like sweep you off your feet. But ultimately, it's to gain influence over them. So it's like you're giving them everything they want, like upfront, which, you know, in this modern world of dating is like, so refreshing, she probably felt, but really, it's something it's a definitely a red flag to look out for. And like all this really worked on Cece, you know, she was alone in a new city, she didn't have a ton of friends. So Simon was really giving her this attention that she really wanted and she needed. And, you know, this was like kind of how he sets his trap on her. One day he's supposed to visit her in London, but suddenly he says he can't come because he's being threatened by these enemies that he has. And, you know, he's like a rich diamond dude. So you're like, okay, obviously you would have enemies. You're a rich diamond man. <laughs> when they started saying enemies, and I was like, oh, that's weird. And they're like, we're going to keep calling him his enemies. I was like, okay. I thought it was interesting how they introduced them with like sort of the fairy tale and like they asked her what her favorite fairy tale was because I, that was sort of like theme was prevalent in a way throughout like especially just with like these enemies if a guy was like my enemies I'd be like I'm going if you have enemies <laughs> yeah. that you like declare yeah, like, you free. it was so weird can I Google them can I do a little like deep dive on your enemies because like just saying enemies over and over again I was cracking up <laughs> And I love that's like the Mars and Gemini <laughs> storytelling. Like, really fleshed out like the actual characters and plots. Like I have enemies. <laughs> it's crazy. I just like this is before every woman knew to ask for a guy's birth time, so she wasn't aware <laughs> of what she was getting into. Uh, we, we know so much more now. We know about sex trafficking. We know about the word love bombing. Thank you, <laughs> Gemini. All of us taught us so many words that really helped us to be like, that's not good. That's not good. <laughs> And we didn't know about just asking for a birth time. Yeah. It's really simple, ladies. We can do this. <laughs> but this is when he starts asking her for money, which she didn't really question in the way that she should have. But like Maddie said, like, I think she was really attracted to this vulnerability and like wanting to nurture and take care of him. And he's like, I'll totally pay you back. But right now I need you to give me money. I need you to open up a credit card in your name that I can use because I have these dudes on my ass trying to kill me <laughs> and I can't be traced. And she's like, totally, I got you. I love you. You've done so much. And like, it's the least I can do. And so she starts taking out lines of credit in her name for him to use. 
Yeah. So she's just like constantly now like taking out credit cards, lines of credit in her name. Simon is just like maxing it out in seconds, like recklessly spending her money. And he's also starting to become like more standoffish. Like he's just kind of contacting her now to ask for money. And while this is going on, our second little lady of the story enters the chat, Pernilla. Yes. And Pernilla is a Swedish business owner that had just split from her fiance. So she was cruising on Tinder, looking for rebounds and she sees Simon and Simon looks legit. So she decides to meet up with him and he does this whole like I'm rich thing. And before she knows it, he's flying her to Amsterdam to hang out and Obviously, this was happening while he was still dating Cecile. So what was going on for Pernilla when she met Simon? All right. This was March 2018. So this was but a month, two months later. There was one month in between. And so throughout the month, the chart that I thought was really interesting is the chart for March 4th, which is the Sun-Neptune conjunction. And the Sun-Neptune conjunction is always interesting. It's just when you're like, I guess it would be the Neptune Kazemi if they they don't do outer planet Kazemis, but let's just call it that, the Neptune Kazemi. It's like Neptune is in the heart of the sun. So it's just sort of like everything. I'm like, you know, when you laminate crayons, (laughs) that's how the emotions feel. (laughs) You guys know what I'm talking about, right? It's just okay. like the oh. analogy, though, was, was so out there. Yeah, Love it came it. out of nowhere. I was not expecting <laughs> it at all. <laughs> oh, well. I love it. That's what I do, I guess. Um, also, Mercury was conjunct Venus in Pisces. So we're having all this Pisces energy. It's like anything can happen. Of course, there's a fairy tale. Why wouldn't this work out exactly in my favor? And then Mars in Sagittarius, which is, so is also Jupiter ruled, was squaring all of this. And it's just sort of like... Which is interesting because it's all ruled by Jupiter and Scorpio, which we hate to stereotype, but hey, sometimes the shoe fits. <laughs> uh, so like, it's just sort of like this energy, like that's like very like anything can happen. This can be great, but not really taking everything into account again. Yeah, Neptune conjunct the sun is just in like those days. Been like that's like, there's like on an ayahuasca mushroom. Yes, <laughs> go lay in a field. Look at the clouds. <laughs> like I don't care if we don't like sign anything. Don't operate heavy machinery. Link up with the shade. Yeah. on Tinder. That's the first thing. I'm like, why would a billionaire be on Tinder? Like, did Raya not exist? Then? That's what I was gonna say. I was like, what is that? No, it existed. So I'm saying, like, ladies, like, just that's the first thing. But yeah, Sun Conjunct Neptune, I'm just like, guys, and myself included, I got a tattoo on that day one time. Huge, like, it just came out wrong. To be, like, I learned my lesson. We don't do Limited crayon. <laughs> the crayon melted all over. I'm like, I do not recommend anything making big life-changing decisions anywhere even near that. And then, of course, this other, like, the sky is just chock full of... Pisces, like you said, like nothing is as it seems, right? Especially if you want to see something, you're going to see that. And yes, and Mercury and Venus are conjunct Chiron too. So this is like the tail end of that Chiron in Pisces. So everyone's like, I'm so, like, I've been through, this was like when I ever learned about trauma, yeah. like that era. Yes, no, literally. So, literally. And Jupiter and Scorpio, like that whole year was like, like everything was so intense. I was like, Harvey Weinstein, me too. Everything was intense. Yeah. Like, tail end is Pisces. I'm like, I don't want to be alone. I have trauma. Like, you're so right. That tail end of that Chiron Pisces, like making us make some bad decisions. Um, yeah, like, why not me? I know. It's like, because he's crazy. I know. I mean, it's exactly like day with your hang out, but I just want to point out, where's the moon again? Oh my God. I was thinking that. <laughs> Libra moon. It was his time to shine. <laughs> yeah. Like, like, step back, hold my beer. This is my <laughs> and disarm. <laughs> hold my Dom Perry. <laughs> 
popping it on planes with your mom. <laughs> Hold my daughter. So I haven't even gotten to that yet, but why was the daughter? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I know. We didn't even mention that. I didn't understand that part. Like, did that happen to every woman or just her? Sorry, you have enemies and a daughter? <laughs> Yes, and what what they're referring to is on CCN Swindler's first date on the private jet, we didn't mention because it's really shady and we don't really know why, but his daughter and his baby mama were also on this date on this small private jet like with them but for some reason cc was like oh he has a daughter and he's amicable with his ex this is so nice but we didn't really hear from her the ex like no one really knows a lot of information about her or the daughter i think some of that is still to be unraveled but it's definitely a weird situation but i think we can reasonably infer she probably depends on him for money. So she's not trying to like call his ass out or alert him to the authorities because she's trying to take care of their kid. I think it was said on the, in the doc that like that woman was someone that Cece had noticed was like one of the Finnish women that he had scammed. So mm. that's like what makes it even weirder. Interesting. But, well, we'll yeah. get to more about those Finnish women. Yeah. Or she was smart enough to get pregnant and say, <laughs> right. I'm lost you. I've lost you down. I wouldn't <laughs> want Simon to be my baby daddy. I feel like it would no. just be a lot of like bouncing checks. Um, Absolutely not. But yeah, just yeah. like uh, <laughs> Cece, Pernilla also said she had this like very immediate connection with Simon right when she met him and, you know, he was just like super easy to talk to. They kind of didn't like work in like a boyfriend girlfriend way, but they stayed friends and, you know, went to like chic places together and like talked all the time again on WhatsApp. So what's their by wheel? Okay, so she was born on January 7th, 1987, and she has a Capricorn sun and an Aries moon also, Ooh. which is interesting. But maybe not that interesting because what's a Libra always looking for their other half and Libra is opposite Aries. So their sinistry is interesting because his moon is in the same sign as her sun. So they have that affinity, which is always great. Like it's recommended often in like, I think, I don't know if it's Vedic Trinistry, maybe it's both, but like when a guy's moon is a conjunctive woman's sun, it's like, Ooh, you've really hit that jackpot. <laughs> and then having um, his sun opposite her moon is sort of like then. So it's like that new moon energy. And then also that like full moon, it's like the balance of uh, where you get the like pull of tension, sort of like, we're disagreeing, but it's hot. Mm-hmm. We're all cardinal. Points here. <laughs> I just feel like it's like palpable. Mm. also like action oriented like yeah like i will still be friends like it's fine we're not gonna date but we'll be friends forever until <laughs> friends i forever. have to do a documentary about you <laughs> until, I, until i try and expose you in this documentary yeah <laughs> yeah i thought that was great with the um like her the cap sun aries moon is just like the no bullshit too but like, it's just probably like oh yeah like there's a part of her probably that like there's probably a moment like you know she has some of that mutable whatever she has venus and sag like oh this is fun mars and pisces but something about that like cardinal energy is like no like this <laughs> is like not by being emotional but she's still like obviously kept him around i was super just i think her story kind of fascinated me the most because she didn't have the like romance like illusion it was just some other connection that i was trying to understand and i do think it's like what you said like the the sun moon sinistry is like she might have been like yeah i get it you're ambitious i love this and it's also just like speaking a language that i think she might have appreciated through her venus and sag like oh i love that she's like yeah i was just in mykonos and he was there too and like great and, like we just hop along and she's like, of course i'll cover you your credit card's not working and didn't really think any of it but she was the one pretty quickly to be like i think she stopped at a line of like wait a minute like outstanding balance like yeah. i'm not <laughs> yeah 
Because she wasn't having sex with him. So she was like, okay, this like this friendship only goes so far. Yeah. And she's like, um, all the Capricorn in me sees the Capricorn in you. Yeah. Yes. So yeah, Pernilla and Simon just like hung out. They did chic things. They globe trotted. And then meanwhile, poor little Cece is just like bleeding out financially because Simon is spending all of her money sending her fake wire transfers that won't clear. You know, she calls him out on it eventually, but he honestly just is kind of like a dickhead to her. And this is kind of where she realizes like, you know, something isn't right. I think I'm getting conned. But by this time, she realizes that like, she's not going to get her money back. And the crazy thing to me is like, this all happened like basically like three months after she first met him. So she started giving her money away super duper fast. So like what was going on around the time when she realized that, you know, he was not who he said he was. So this is April 2018. And there's a lot going on in April. We have the Mercury retrograde Kazemi and Aries. So this is sort of cutting through that bullshit. It's sort of like, hey, let's go back and see what the fuck is going on here. It seems like... uh <laughs> On this, these seven days, like, what are these charges? You know, what the hell's going on? <laughs> There's also the following day, a Mars-Saturn conjunction and eight degrees Capricorn. More of that, like, hey, like, Mars and Saturn uh, are the two malefic. So it's sort of, like, uh, extreme. It's sort of, it's not really, I don't want to say it's, like, not in your favor, but it's sort of, like, it's a turning point. It's not, like, the flowing energy. It's, like, hey, let's see what's going on here. That's why it's, it's like, it feels extreme because it's, like, changing something, usually, that you're comfortable with. And so... In Capricorn, too, it's sort of like the first time that Saturn was in Capricorn for 28 years. Everything was sort of like, hey, let's look at this fine print. What the fuck is going on? <laughs> um, and also would probably, I guess, expose all of him um, work because like that's what Saturn does. It's sort of like, hey, you can't do this. And then on April 15th, Mercury station direct in Aries. So then that's sort of like the middle of the month, sort of like this like still uh, energy of like at least as a Mercury in Aries. No bullshit. <laughs> But then on April 17th, Chiron entered Aries, which is interesting. That sort of colored, that sort of like everyone was like, oh, no, I'm a baby again. <laughs> um, and then Saturn retrograded in Capricorn. Pluto stationed retrograde in Capricorn. So it's sort of like a lot of like power energy this month. It's just all like Capricorn, Aries. It's like, it's a Catholic meme, but it was like Jesus died at Capricorn and was resurrected in Aries. But yeah, <laughs> Maybe that's a little too niche. <laughs> We went to Catholic school growing up. If you yeah. Well, I also love that so much. I so it though. It's like don't be sad that he is going to reincarnate. Yeah, those. So it's so interesting. Sometimes with like Mercury retrogrades, I always think about them as like this, like you know quarterly review like how they kind of happen it's like what happened q1 of our life like even if it's not exactly marched out so i feel like that like kazemi time is like the halfway point between this retrograde but also looking back like let's just go back in our files for the ones anything looking out of the ordinary want to go back check up on it's like oh i know in january when you met this dude and started taking out <laughs> to like have his like romantic ponzi scheme i'm like <laughs> I feel like that was like Mercury Aries, like not a, not on my watch. Like let's get a little bit more to like you know seeing seeing things clearly, like straight shooting. I don't know if this like makes sense, but I always think about like Chiron entering Aries and like um, Uranus was in Aries at that time, like but you know doing its thing. Again, back to back to Uranus. I didn't think I was going to be talking about them that much, um, but that part of life feels like. Uh, 
like you're honest areas in the beginning felt like the rise of like social media and then me and I get to explore myself and I could be anything I want because I have a phone. I could be a filmmaker. I could be a filmmaker. I could be like a, a model. I don't need to go through like agencies and do all this stuff. Um, so I felt really like, revolutionary on that. But then I feel like linking up with Chiron, it was like, okay, but now like we have to kind of like check ourselves because <laughs> things have gone a little out of control because you're just weaving this whole Mimi story. <laughs> like this guy's Instagram looks amazing. And Chiron is like, like there's something else going on there. There's <laughs> some woundedness and we're going to have to like pay the piper for that a little bit. And so like that kind of stood out to me in this moment too, because I'm like, Mm, like not, I don't know. So it's like catching up, like paying the price of all this like revolution of the Uranus and Aries moment to be like, let's do some, let's go a little deeper here. Well, Chiron was like, like it was in uh, Pisces with Neptune for so long. So it was sort of like trauma, which like, I mean, everyone <laughs> needed to learn to understand be like, oh, what, it, what does this mean? Um, but then it entered, yeah, Aries with Uranus. So it was sort of like a shock of like, hey, like not only are you no longer co- co-present with Neptune, you are now next to Uranus, which wants to like beat you up. Yeah. <laughs> you've been like swimming and someone's like okay great you're not driving anymore i'm gonna put you on a live wire of electricity <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you're wet <laughs> now you're on fire <laughs> yes yeah and that was sort of like around the time like right before instagram and social media was sort of like not you know right before things became a lot more regulated and this was sort of how like Firefest, speaking of another grifter billy mcfarland like how just like you could use the internet around this time just like it was a free-for-all in so many ways free i mean it still is yeah. but reach out rule and start a company yeah. <laughs> no one knew him exactly like, like post pictures of random models i mean like i am having a music festival yeah. now but you're right like it still can be that way but we are a little bit more savvy i yes. feel like these were the grifters who took advantage of the first like wave of that yes. like yeah. like you could just create an looks- online profile of like just pretending to be the son of a bazillionaire diamond guy and no one would even really yeah. question you and that is so new that that bazillion guy diamond didn't have like a social media team no. being like oh it's so weird that there's just this freaking random grifter no i know he only found out about it i think after the documentary because he only just like sued him for like libel or something but like still crazy i mean he probably was like early days of, of social media crazy. like now that person has like you know google alerts and like things set up and like the verified check marks but then it was just like oh you're the son of a billionaire we know oh. you know what tracks because this photo this this yes. tracks okay, yeah. cool, cool. I'm good. That makes sense. Um, but yeah, so Cecile is now super deep in debt. She has creditors on her ass. It's so bad that people from the credit card company actually come to her house to talk to her about it, which, you know, it's Norway. It's a smaller country. Like that would never happen in, in America. But <laughs> I, you know, I was like, wow, this is wild. But anyway, apparently they had been investigating him. And that's when she's told that Simon's name really isn't actually Simon and that he's actually a wanted con man. Yeah. And I mean, obviously, she does not take this well on top of like the fact that she's now like super deep in debt. And also like when you take out like I think like those quick loans, they have like insane interest Interest, rates on them. So, you know, the interest is piling up. She owes all this money she can't pay back. Then she just realized this guy she was obsessed with, like didn't technically even exist. So she kind of has a meltdown as like probably any of us would. And she has to go to like a psych ward for a bit for like a tiny 
chill pill. And then when she gets out, she's kind of just like, yo, fuck this guy. And she starts investigating him more and learns that, you know, this was not his first grift. Prior to this, he had been in Finland. And this is where he started kind of doing his whole like Tinder con. And he even spent two years in jail for it for defrauding women. Yeah, and that was what was going on the first time he went to Europe back in 2015. And this is where he sort of, you know, practiced the scheme of getting a false identity, meeting a girl, love bombing the hell out of them, pretending to be super rich, claim to be in danger, have these enemies. And then he'd have these women take out loans or give him money that he would spend on himself or the other women. And he said he'd pay them back, but never would. So he did end up um, going to jail for this. And after learning all this, and this is where I feel like the Aries moon like really kicks in for Cece. Like, you know, she's like, I'm mad now and everyone is going to know. So she, yeah, she just is like, I'll burn you to the ground and anyone else too. So she reports Simon to England. She reports him to Norway. And she's like, yo, like arrest this guy. And then she goes to Norway's biggest paper, which is called Verden's gang, which I don't even know if it like what that means, but I think it sounds cool. Yeah. Like I'm like, let's yeah. gang up on someone. And yeah, it sounds like a British rock band. Yes. Yeah. It sounds like cool. Like let's break a window. Yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> They get some investigative journalists on the case to learn more about Simon. The journalists uh, dig into it. They start doing research and they're like, holy shit, this is actually a story. Uh, They look through Cecile's bank statements and see that Simon bought flights not only for himself, but someone named Pernilla. And Pernilla is pretty active on IG, really easy to find. So the journalists reach out to her. So Pernilla's just like minding her business. And one day she gets this call from the journalists at VG. And she's just kind of like, what the hell? Because until this point, she had no idea that Simon was like a little scamster man. However, it was kind of convenient timing for her because she had been giving him money already to kind of like help him out because he pulled his whole like enemies little grift on her. So she gave him around $45,000. So she was like pretty pissed when she learned she would probably never get it back. So she teams up with Cece and they're like, yo, let's go after this nerd, which I love. I love this. It's just still so crazy to me that like Pernilla's not even having sex with him. They're not even dating. She's in 45 G's in debt with him, with Simon. Cecilia is like $250,000 in debt. I mean, Maddie, you're married. What would your, what would you do if your husband was just like, I have enemies, like obviously someone you like love and have cultivated a long-term relationship with. Even then I would be like so skeptical if my boyfriend was like, I would Call the cops. <laughs> like, what are you talking about? There's someone besides us, they can, like, handle this? Yeah. Like, more <laughs> like the police, FBI, CIA. Like, can we, like, why am I, like, what, I have to take out a credit card loan so you can, like, is, is your enemy, your enemy's allergic to Dom Perignon? Yeah. <laughs> Private jets. Like, that was, like, oh, my God. It's crazy. Just- the, 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 the like, like, you're, like, so smart yeah, you're not like, i know t- and that's what we want like i think they are smart from women. socialist countries honestly i think they're from like very egalitarian mm. hegemonic societies where like people so it's like so sort of they don't they don't have to be suspicious whereas in america we're like kind of cutthroat you know? and very like, individual so very individualistic. Yeah. and they're they're like of course it's my yours and clearly she must have done well for herself and i was thinking like maybe at that level in that country if you have a certain level of wealth it's like of course because i thought like she was giving him like a couple thousand dollars at a time like buying him flights right 
was like it wasn't you know. like one chunk all up front yeah like, are you a billionaire don't you have a dad like why are you oh, talking yeah. to me i would be like can you ask no. your dad that's a good question like, you're really unattractive to me right now like get away from me <laughs> call your yes. daddy Call your dad. Call your call your daddy. <laughs> but anyway, I'm not your daddy. <laughs> is like I'm not going to play this game anymore. So she goes to Munich to meet up with Simon to get a watch back as repayment. Which, unsurprisingly, this watch turns out to be a fake. But jokes on Simon because VG journalists were in Munich spying on them, taking photos, and then Pernilla was able to report him to the authorities for aggregated fraud. So eventually, VG puts out this article about Simon and really blows his spot up. Like they call him out on all his like shadiness and all his bullshit. And this was not good for Simon for like a variety of reasons, but it didn't help that his current girlfriend, Charlotte saw the article. So Charlotte was on a plane also minding her own business, thinking she had like a chic rich boyfriend when she sees this article and is like, um, that's my boyfriend. So what's going on the day VG, Pernilla and Cece expose Simon. Okay. So the article was published on February 16th, 2019. So at this point, the nodes had entered Cancer and Capricorn, right? So we're in, again, this whole new Capricorn era, but also Cancer and the North Node is in Cancer. So it's sort of like at least bringing some sort of like, like mother sort of energy, like a nurturing sort of like a pull towards nurturing as well. And the moon was in Cancer this day. So we have the moon opposite Venus, Saturn, Pluto, and uh, the South Node. And so the moon always like brings shit down to earth, right? So it's like sort of exposing a spotlight like on all of this sort of like, oh, like the money, the like sort of like seriousness, like you're a serious businessman, the power. Also, you're sort of like the South Node is like what's getting cut out of society. So it's sort of like we're not doing this anymore. Like I don't really care about your weird stories. <laughs> but also interesting at this point, this uh, Chiron had retrograded back into Pisces. So it's sort of like getting that like last bit of sort of like tenderness, I guess. Also, Pisces being the last sign of the Zodiac is sort of like unfinished business. So it's sort of like, oh, you thought you were done? No. And we have Uranus at 29 degrees of Aries and Mars is in one degree of Taurus. So Mars had just conjuncted or conjoined Uranus within days before this. So it's sort of like all that would be like the energy where it's like we're like behind like a rubbish, like, you know, like taking pictures like with like the 1920s. Um, (laughs) But then a few days later, there was a full moon on the February 19th and it was at zero degrees Virgo. So this is sort of like, Hey, like all the details, everything that like, you know, it's sort of like combing through. You can tell us Maddie, you were born on the opposite. Mm -hmm. Um, And it has Neptune conjoined Mercury. So it's sort of like, this is interesting because I mean, a full moon exposes, right. And then we have this like Neptunian Mercury like energy, which usually like doesn't really help cut through the details. But here it's sort of, I feel like it's like exposing more of like everything that was like sort of like fuzzy before. And at this point, Chiron had entered zero degrees Aries. So we're back in this like, hey, what's going on here phase? Absolutely. Yeah, I was thinking about that for the February 16th date. I was like, okay, interesting because of uh, the Cancer Capricorn oppositions of all of that I was looking at. And like exactly like you said, like South Node Capricorn's like, cut this out. Like this is like some, some patriarchal capitalist pseudo bullshit going on. And is in cancer and so i was like oh that being the first like earth node full like moon linking up with like on his chiron of like all of his issues that he clearly has with like childhood his mother his sense of security his sense of belonging honestly his relationship with like women in general like all this woundedness that he's acting from i feel like that was like like you said the moon's like let's bring this all like out and and the north node's like we're just not doing that anymore and we're like, pay the price for some of the things that have been going on and then exactly with that full moon it's like oh, yeah like pisces virgo i always think about it's like 
first of all, the last like full moon usually of the like astrological year, like Virgo's like, let's just clean up. Like you said, the Pisces, mm-hmm. the last trip of something, closing out something. Virgo's like, but like, let's really like get discerning here. And what does this mean in like real life terms? Like, yes, we've been having ahas and like spiritual revelations and going through it and dark night of the soul maybe. But like Virgo's like, but what does it mean? Like, what, what do we need really getting rid of? Like in the earth plane. Yeah. Like that's always like my thing. Like what are, what's the action step and what are we really like need to look at here? Um, so I feel like that was just like a full moon of like discernment, bringing facts out, showing the receipts. Like Virgo's like, here you go. <laughs> Closure. Virgo's like that little magnifying glass that like diamond people carry around. So it's like, <laughs> hey, let, let's see like this cut in clarity. Oh, you're a loser. <laughs> Test confirms you are yeah. a loser. <laughs> yes. Also, we always say at Allegedly Astrology, Uranus is often present in breaking news charts. Right, Dana? Mm-hmm. Yes. So mm-hmm. here we Uranus go. Uranus oppositions usually. Uranus but here we have that Mars is also really sort of adds to that also too um i don't know if you guys looked it up but you could still see that story on the that they did on him called the tinder swindler from that magazine vg and it is like chic like the way they laid it out is super cool it's very just like like it's not like a block of text like we would read now it's like very split up with like photos and it's like very cool they really laid out his bullshit in a very cool way like journalism yeah. <laughs> yeah we forget like what good journalism is these days like there's a story in photos it's investigative so um at this time charlotte had also been giving simon money because of course she had so she's like i cannot believe this shit but she decides to play along and scam Mm. him back we We love love charlotte (laughs) yes so charlotte worked in high-end fashion um and she was simon's like longest term girlfriend and she had been dating him even before Cecile or Pernilla or anyone. So, um, but she worked in high end fashion. Like I mentioned, she knew Simon's designer clothes were worth a lot. So she met up with him, convinced him to give her his clothes so she could sell them on his behalf and help him make some quick cash. But obviously she was never going to give him any of the money. So she sold a bunch of shit on eBay and kept the money for herself, which we love, even though it wasn't even like close to paying her back. It was just like, it was just something to like hold on to, I feel like. Yeah, yeah you can feel her satisfaction counts. in telling that, and I liked it. Yeah. I really liked being able to, like, feel when when she would just, like, have a little smirk. I was like, yes, good for you. <laughs> so later she also realized that Simon was using a new fake passport to travel, and she figured out his flight and called up Interpol. And we don't have Charlotte's birth info. We just know, I think she was born in, like, 1995 or something. But I really hope this is the workings of a Scorpio, where it's just like, out of spite, I will destroy you, which I love. So Simon, a man wanted in Israel, Sweden, England, Germany, Denmark, and Norway, was finally arrested for using a fake passport in Greece. So what happened when he was arrested? There was a total solar eclipse in Cancer on the day of his arrest, which is great, (laughs) right? Here we have this, like, like everything Maddie said, like, his mother is here to, like you know, slap him on the wrist and put him in jail. <laughs> also, Mercury stationed retrograde in Leo five days later, so it's, like, pr- static in the sky. So it's sort of, like, Mercury exposing his Jupiter, his, like, his uh, south, no, like, his, like, mm-hmm. uni me sort of, like, self-obsessive energy. And I did the chart for Athens, Greece. So in Athens, it was uh, Aquarius rising and a Leo mm-hmm. descendant. So that would also have to do with sort of, like, Leo being the opponent. Like, the opponent is, like, the individual, sort of, like, the guy who, like, thinks he's a king, right? And it was at 10 degrees of cancer. And so it's sort of like, I don't know, a solar eclipse in cancer. I like cancer solar eclipses because it reminds me of like how Lana Del Rey says my cancer sun and my Leo is moon. It's just like this like watery energy. It's like sort of like the night becomes a day. It's sort of like a focus on women uh, in a way that 
I appreciate. But it's also it's opposite all the like Pluto, Saturn, and the South Node, of course. And so it's just sort of also like this is what again like when people were like patriarchy, patriarchy, like it just sort of like you know, like my like little cousins in <laughs> the world, right? They're like children. Uh, and just sort of like I don't know. It was really was like operating on that plane of sort of like well, cancer is a business person too, right? Like cancer and Capricorn is like the axis of business, but cancer always gets called like the watery crybaby. And it's like, no, they're pretty much fucking like suffering through everything. And now you're going to suffer too. Um, And we have also Mars had just entered Leo. So again, there's sort of like that. uh, And Mercury was, would have like retrograded over it. So that's like a fighting sort of like really cutting through stuff, especially with like being ruled by the sun, it's going to shine a light on like all the bullshit. Like Leo's about the self, but it's not like really about bullshit. It's usually about gassing people up and like in a way that's real. Mm-hmm. Authenticity matters to fix. I mean, that's everything, right? That's <laughs> so absolutely. And yeah, I was just laughing exactly everything you said with the the Cancer solar eclipse. I was like, um, eclipses are like you know really faded moments, or um, they speed up time. They're like portals, and I always feel like they're like a game of like karmic catch up. Even like whatever, if you've been laying down some Hell good yeah. karma doing things the universe is like hold this i'm just gonna press fast forward 3x this bitch and get you faster <laughs> but also equally if you've been on some bullshit and you have not taken responsibility or accountability for your actions like fast forward to get in jail like um catch <laughs> up and this like set like real literal when i was looking at astrology it's like oh my god like total sort of ups in cancer opposite all these like you know intense planets in capricorn i was like oh yeah like it's like a woman's celebration, like International Women's Day, Women's March, pink pussy hats. Like, yes, like this felt like some kind of reclamation. And like you said, like this moment, like, yeah, like down with the patriarchy. And I love that his downfall came from like the collaboration of like. Yeah, for sure. I love that. Because if no one came together, if no one spoke up and no one helped each other and no one believed women, he would still just be doing this bullshit. So I was like, I love that they came together. And cancer to me is always like a circle. Like you said, like a business person, but the person who's like a non-hierarchy approach like we all like sit in a circle and talk about things and Capricorn to me is like I am the head of the board do as I say and so like them coming together in this kind of like circle but like you know we're gonna take down this capstellium of bullshit yeah it's also sort of like a satisfying material result I feel not that I mean it sucks that everything happened but I feel like so much is like look at this and it's like I don't want to sign a petition I want to see someone in jail <laughs> Literally, like I don't want to put up an Instagram post of like a square. Like I want to ruin their life. Yeah. (laughs) Luckily, like Simon does get extradited back to Israel after fleeing the country for what seems like the millionth time, and he gets convicted of four fraud charges and is sentenced to fifteen months in prison. He also has to pay his victims only forty three thousand dollars, which does not seem like a lot, and he has to pay a fine which was small. It was like five grand. And so what was going on the day he received his sentence? So this is four days after the solar eclipse in Capricorn. So it's like that solar eclipse that's the opposite of what we just talked about. So in Capricorn, a solar eclipse is also, it was with Jupiter, Mercury, the South Node, of course, Saturn, Pluto. It's sort of like Capricorn is the Earth. So it's like bringing down to Earth everything that sort of like happened with like this cancer. It's like, oh, like you've been punished. Now like you're you're going to jail and like your life is going, well, I mean, your life will suck for like a, a week because it seems like he had a really light <laughs> sentence. But um, I wonder what is rising as I wish we knew. But yeah, at this time, like the moon had like, so when he went to jail, like the moon had uh, already gone into Aquarius. And Aquarius is also all about like, hey, now you have to pay back the collective. Like it's sort of like we've moved back. Like you've seen what his like the extent of, the crimes you've committed it's sort of like and now you're gonna pay and well mars and scorpio is sort of like it's an interesting um 
because like Mars and Scorpio is usually seen as like the criminal, but here it is like squaring the moon and sort of just sort of like, I'm going to put you in jail. So I feel like this is sort of like the enemies revealing like, oh, like if, if someone has enemies and they're someone's enemy and do you really want to be hanging out with an enemy? It's kind of weird. Like, so, you know, he's going to jail because he's an enemy of the state or whatever. Yeah, like an yeah. enemy of like the people, like that like moon, like, like mundane astrology. Yeah. Said like the moon and Aquarius, like no, you're just an enemy of the people. So Mars yeah. was like, I was thinking about Mars and Scorpio. Was like, I'm not gonna stop until like we're at the like deepest place we can go with this, and on like a more collective level, it feels like unearthing like anything that's just like I always think about like Scorpio as it's like co ruled by Mars and Pluto. Like I'm gonna not stop until I unearth anything that's being like used as like a manipulation, misuse, abusive power. And I think on behalf of like the moon and Aquarius, it was like, no, we're going there. We're locked. <laughs> yeah. Put him in the ground. Yeah. <laughs> well, unfortunately, he didn't go into the ground for too long because <laughs> as of this episode, Simon is a free man, which sucks. Sad. That's right. He was released from prison in 2020 for quote unquote good behavior after serving only five months of his 15 month sentence. He now lives in Israel and is dating an Israeli model. Um, you can see them gallivanting all over Instagram. Simon has denied all the allegations against him and said he's just a single guy that wanted to meet girls on Tinder. Boo hoo. Um, but, you know, he's also recently signed with a talent manager and wants to pursue a career in the entertainment industry, even host a dating show. Why? As yourself known, Leo, don't go, go opposite way. <laughs> God, you keep getting the directions wrong. Ugh, infuriating. <laughs> no one give that man any more money. No. I know. It's really weird when someone who like was bad like becomes sort of like they just like extend that charisma because he seems not charismatic at all to me. Like I, I haven't seen him talk, of course, right? But like he just seems like ugh. Like we've only heard gross. his terrifying voice memos. Oh my yeah. god, I know. Good point. Good point. And I didn't like it. I said, hey, that's not what we do. <laughs> <laughs> but I guess, you know, it's like not a hundred percent easy street for him because the real Laviv Diamond family, aka the one Simon lied and said that he was part of, is actually suing him for defamation, invasion of privacy, breach of trademarks, and impersonation. <laughs> and as for the women, in this case, they're fighting their own court battles, they're trying to get their money back, and they made a GoFundMe, and people are giving them money for that, so hopefully they'll be able to get, you know, make a yeah, dent that was- in that debt. A real slap in the face. I felt I was like, God, he doesn't have to pay their debts. Like, I know. I think. I think it has to do with because like all the different countries, like right. Of course, because, of course. I'm I not know, saying just, that. Like, yeah. I mean, he was smart to be like defrauding women in multiple countries and bopping around like as much as he was. Like for that very reason. It's just harder to get caught and harder to get charged. So, all right, this is when we're going to do some predictions. So let's see what's going to happen with Simon. Do you guys think he's going to face any real consequences or will he forever skate along being a fuck boy? (laughs) No, I think I don't think he will face consequences, but I do think, okay. So he was born 21 (laughs) days before Mercury stationed retrograde in Gemini. And so Mercury is going to retrograde in Gemini this fall and Mercury will, or not Mercury. I'm sorry, Mars. Everything I just said, put Mars there. I'm thinking of Mercury because I have Mercury and Gemini and me. So, okay. Mars and Gemini. Mars and Gemini will retrograde um, this fall in Gemini. Mars will be in Gemini for eight months. So it'll be, he'll have an eight month long Mars return. So if anything will come out about him, it would be around that time. But vibe wise, I've been wrong before vibe wise, but I feel like (laughs) 
things are just going to keep going right for him. Something that is interesting, though, is that we have the eclipses in Scorpio and Taurus. So that'll be, it's his nodal square. So it's sort of like that point when, like Maddie was talking about, his uh, nodal opposition. Now we're at the square point. So it will be a point when things turn for him. Honestly, though, it seems like things are going well for him. Yeah, I, you know, I like have my predictions, but I always am like, justice must win because <laughs> you know, my Venus and Libra or whatever. But I'm just like, oh, like, it bothers me. I think exactly at the Mars and Gemini, we, we're going to have a forever long Mars and Gemini. And that's going to just be intense for all of us. It's like a long stay yeah. there. I think during that retrograde, there's going to be some kind of return to this. Like, it just can't be. It's too literal. And like a return to like his words, maybe something of his words getting him in trouble. Like he is smart. That sounds Uranus thing I was talking about. That is sort of like a genius, like a mad genius placement. And that's why like, watching this whole thing, I kept pausing it and looking over at my brother-in-law. And we're like, this guy's a dirtbag. But like, he was smart with this. Oh, like, yeah. He knew all the loopholes and the rules. And and I'm like, oh, calling in my Mars energy, Mars and Gemini, catch him on some word and loophole. You know when like criminals go down for the weirdest thing? Like, oh, it, yeah. wasn't, it was like, oh no, like you stepped foot on like US soil and you forgot to claim something and now they're going to go back and like push back <laughs> I'm like, my, I'm hoping and calling in that Mars retrograde, like some kind of loophole on his word or some kind of loophole in his network. His Gemini is like our close connections. Like, I don't know, Peter wants to come out and like be cool and like clear his karmic conscience or like his baby mama or someone like of a close connection of his maybe or someone from his like childhood or sibling. Like give me some of that good, good, like Mars retrograde and Gemini bending that like arc mortal arc towards justice but he does seem that sun square uranus is like unfortunately i feel like he is always and he has his you know moon conjunct uranus i feel like he's always going to be a little slippery like he's not as like teflon as fucking like, like donald trump or something in his chart but like there's this sort of like he springs loose mm-hmm. like but it's, it's not like good it's kind of like into more chaos so i don't even know if that's like a prediction but that's just what i'm that's the vibe i'm feeling from him yeah it's so annoying to see someone who like could be doing something worthwhile but I guess, I mean, I'm not his mother. Clearly, he doesn't have one. Yeah. I was thinking, in terms of predictions, um, what I was actually thinking on a larger collective scale because of, again, Uranus and revolution and what it can mean and that Mars retrograde, I think we're going to be, the whole Mars and Gemini, we're going to have a really interesting relationship with like words and there's a lot of astrology in the next like year and a half of like more ethics and like North notorious about like conjunct Uranus, like ethics in digital spaces and how we present ourselves and our values. And I'm like, maybe he might not get his due and like have to pay those women back, but maybe it'll be some sort of like catalyst point to like, Hey, Tinder, can you take some responsibility mm. if are flagging or American Express like couldn't you have reached out like especially like Tinder and these sites like do you have any responsibility if someone is like dangerous on your platform and multiple complaints are filed against someone I don't know but maybe that could be a cool like catalyst point to that conversation yeah they are like public spaces at this point so it's sort of like I think it should for sure be regulated. Like something that's like, hey, if you have like multiple criminal complaints. Against- <laughs> right. I mean, not like a huge regulation. Just like maybe look at the people who've been flagged, you know, maybe check them out. <laughs> like, I'm like, I don't, it's okay if you're just like not the best, you know, conversationalist or you go somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> like, you're just legit running international, like millions of dollars scams, driving someone into like a psychiatric ward. Yes. Like, it's oh. like, up. Like, it looks <laughs> God. What I thought was also that 
like I, I didn't realize that people were like calling them gold diggers. It's like they're clearly not gold. Like they're like they just want love. Are you kidding? This whole situation has really fucked women over. <laughs> like gays way more money in the long run than like they receive. Like they're gold. Yeah, for sure. Providers. Like yeah, the internet has been interesting with it. I thought everyone was like on. Obviously, he's an asshole. Like I was listening to a podcast with this great like FBI profiler. He's like, oh, this guy needs to go ding. He was like so angry. But then I found out that there's a whole like of course like fan club for him. Uh, of course, like hating on the women. I'm like, oh. that's so frustrating. God, I can't read it. I'll just go through it and be like, here's what you're wrong. Here's what you're wrong. Like fucking. I know. I mean, it's very like. <laughs> Aquarius son I feel like for Cece to have like just bared her soul of like she sent VG like the newspaper all of their texts all of their messages all of their photos like she like you know there was a lot for her to lose but like she did it for the greater good and like she also did it for herself though which well, I thought I mean, was for I, herself but like I feel like she was like fine. this is bigger than me and like it was yeah. able to like take yeah. him down you know even though she, she wasn't just like so precious about her own ego I liked that if I found it refreshing that they were talking sort of like in a way where you, they were obviously satisfied and it did feel like they were doing it like for themselves and for justice which are the two good reasons to do it yeah yeah, yeah exactly Two very good reasons, like for yourself and for justice. Yes. All right. Well, we're about to wrap up. But before we do, there are just too many similarities not to do this. But we really need to just do a quick comparison with Simon and another famed grifter, Anna Delvey. We love her. We did a whole episode about her from season three. Go check it out. Like just because you could go listen to it and get a ton more details, we're going to make this like super short. Basically, Anna pretended to be a rich German heiress. She scammed people out of a ton of money, much like Simon pretended to be a rich diamond mogul's son and scammed people out of money. So what do they have in common, if anything? Let's peep that by. They have a lot actually in common. Okay. She has an Aquarius son, an Aries when she was recently confirmed as an Aquarius rising so everything from our um all of our soul returns and apply in reality except I think I called her maybe a Taurus moon and she's because she was born like in the middle but she's she'll be an Aries moon um oh my god Uh, so many Aries moons we're talking about in this episode yeah yeah but so So she's born on the day that like it entered Taurus so yeah but she's an Aries moon and she was born 23 days after Mars stationed direct in Gemini so the three mm-hmm. things that I thought were interesting is that they both have debilitated sons, which is sort of like finding your way in this world can maybe be difficult, like seeing yourself. It's not really difficult, right? It's not like, but it's sort of like the condition of sort of like the self is is seen in a, in a way that isn't the way everyone else is. So a Libra will find themselves in relationships and an Aquarius will find themselves like among the people, sort of like among a crowd. Like really, that's why mm-hmm. like she really stood out. She was like all about her fashion, her saline glasses, like she had like trademark things right and he found himself you know in relationships like that that's what how he deceived and they also were both born on first quarter moon so although she has an like an aries moon which has seemed to be confirmed since then the moon entered taurus that day so in her like lunar phases like the first quarter so i actually don't really know that much about lunar phases but the first quarter is all any like in practice it's always like a time when like what you put at like that new moon is sort of like there's like a turning point sort of like maybe a hiccup or maybe some sort of development so it's sort of just like a there's like a tension there anytime there's a square there's like a tension so it's sort of like between like how you want to be and like who you are sort of like what you know like what makes you feel good and then Mm -hmm. also she was born 23 days after mars stationed direct in gemini so they're basically equidistant from the stationing dates and i feel like retrogrades are like maybe the most interesting things to me in terms of like long-term cycles um just like 
do, especially like doing the podcast, like there are so many things that we see that it's like, oh, like these retrogrades like repeat over time. So it's sort of interesting that they're both in the public eye right now, but also sort of like that, like duplicitous nature, like there's not as much evidence of her because she's in, maybe because she's an Aquarius that she's more like, Hey, there won't be, you know, a ton of evidence or maybe because she's a woman. She's like, I'm not stupid. Um, <laughs> although he's clearly not stupid. He's way smarter <laughs> than Oliver B. Um, but yeah, sort of like, I just think that the Mars and Gemini is interesting. Cause we'll especially get to like really get experience it sort of like in our own ways in a little bit. <laughs> Can't wait. But also, if you're going to fall into a coma, now is the time. <laughs> I'll just quickly, like, piggyback exactly off of what Dana just said. Um, yeah, that first quarter moon, I thought was interesting because it's, like, that struggle. It's, like, the first step, the initiation, you're coming against the hiccup, against, like, the new plan, moon, very connected to, like, your mother, your upbringing. And I think both of them were, like, I was born in some kind of shit condition by their own perspective. Mm-hmm. And I was going to, like, make it, even though it's going to be, like, totally against the odds. And I feel, like, scrappy and like sell my soul in the process but like i am out of this like my upbringing and they both did like they and i was in that first quarter was a lot of like initiator it's like tough energy so i'm like did you get there um they're mars and gemini we can't ignore that because we talked about it so much and i think i really think about both of them like anna delvey you know i was living in new york city at the time when it came out i was my peak party girl energy so i knew a lot of people who knew her by like a one connection oh shit went to my juice shop and got i found on her instagram (gasps) a picture of one of my juices that I like used to sell. And I was like, like she was very in like the sphere. So I was very like intrigued by her at the time. And I remember, and no, you know, I'm not trying to like downplay or talk about women's looks too much, but like I was intrigued, but I'm like, you're not necessarily that charming or that beautiful or that like, but some of that Mars and Gemini, this is words. Like you're just holding yourself with the command. She has that same, like the triple Capricorn energy, like the Saturn, Neptune, Uranus, like I'm going to be successful in business. I might go through some illusion and delusion <laughs> there. And Uranus is just like so unpredictable, like really leaning into that. They both um, had a hell of a Saturn return. I'll tell them that. Like I thought my Saturn return was <laughs> up to some shit. Yes. <laughs> but that Mars and Gemini, like just her words, her weird accent, but more of the like, I'm just storytelling. Mm-hmm. Like the, in, in the documentary, how the finance guy was like, I got to get in on this. Like, <laughs> him like click click like override logic mm-hmm. go into this and I was like that's amazing how both of them neither of them are incredibly like that good looking that maybe a little bit charming for the guy I don't know the love bombing but just that Mars and Gemini like powering through with words I was like okay like doing like that. crime and art almost I feel like a lot of a lot of great artists are Geminis right like <laughs> Kanye <laughs> my friend Kanye me um, <laughs> Oh my god. Well, but like yeah, that's what I think is <sighs> the power of storytelling, y'all. Magic. It's like making something out of nothing and that's so we yeah. love it. But it can go amiss. Yeah. <laughs> Too many loopholes is usually a crime. <laughs> aye, aye, aye. Well, Maddie, thank you so much for joining us this week. We're so happy to have you. Where can people find you? Uh, yeah, come find me. My business account, the Cosmic RX. I have a meme account, Cosmic Revolution. My personal, I am Maddie Murphy. Just pictures of my dog and thirst traps of myself. But come find me there too. You yes. know, awesome. uh, yeah, I love a good DM. I'm, I'm slow on it sometimes, but I do check them. Yes, and obviously listen to her podcast. How often do they come out? 
twice a week, baby. Wow. Damn. <laughs> yeah, Friday, we have your energy report, just 30 minutes of what you need to know for the week ahead, astro weather. And then on Mondays, it's like a solo cosmic coaching episode using the energy of the season to like kind of give you some tips and tricks to how to do this whole human thing. Seriously, thank you for having me on. I, you have satisfied an itch in my brain forever like i just need someone who wants to dive deep into these astrology the pop culture and the large moments and i found your podcast like maybe a year and a half ago or something on a a road trip and i was like no one talked to me (laughs) we love it we love it well thank you so (laughs) much this was so great yes thank you again to maddie definitely follow her we'll be back next week with an all new episode and please leave us a five-star review and subscribe on whatever podcast platform you listen on And if you leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and DM us a screenshot of that review, we'll make you a custom meme of your big three, send you a quick write-up about it, guaranteed lols. We also have really cool allegedly astrology stuff on TeePublic, so go there and check it out. And we're all over social media, so please follow us. We're Allegedly Astrology on Instagram, Reddit, Hey Hero, and TikTok, and Allegedly Astro on Twitter. And make sure you visit our website, allegedlyastrology.com, to book a reading with me. With Dana. With Dana. Me. I'm Elise. I'm Dana. And I'm Sarah. And this is Allegedly Astrology. Bye.